0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter, glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter six, verses one through six, and continuing on through verse 16 through 21, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1503. Matthew records. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets in order to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their full reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, Will reward you. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moths and the vermin do not destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Many non-Lutherans wonder why their Lutheran friends or family, why these family members wear ashes, on their forehead at the beginning of Lent. They wonder, are they, are they showing off? Are they trying to stand out? Is it some weird, secret church ritual? What does it mean? And they may be asking, should I get them too? There are three reasons why Lutherans go to church to receive Ashes on Ash Wednesday. First, the ashes remind people of their sinfulness. Second, the ashes remind people of their mortality. And third, the ashes remind people that they have been redeemed, purchased for a price. Let's unpack this a little bit. Since ancient times, God's people have used ashes as a sign of humble repentance. For example, in Jonah chapter 3, 5 verses, or verse 5 through 9, in paraphrase, the people of Nineveh believed God, and in verse 9 it says, the king got up from His throne, and he removed his robes, and he put on sackcloth, and he sat in ashes. In Job 42, verse 6, Job records, I therefore despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In Daniel 9, verse 3, Then I turn my eyes to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and by pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And in Matthew eleven twenty one, 21, and also in Luke 10, 13, Jesus speaks And you've heard this before, the woes. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Why? Why did he say that? Because Bethsaida and Corazon were two cities that he had been to and that he had spoken to the people and he had done signs and wonders. And those people saw the nature of God in him. And yet they rejected him. And so what he was saying was, Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Because if Tyre or Sidon had seen what you have seen, they would have repented. They would have put on sackcloth. And they would have been sitting in ashes. Sidon and Tyre were pagan cities. Christ often compared and contrasted the two. Now, this tradition was carried on by the early church, this tradition of ashes, and it remains an important tradition today. When one willingly comes up to the pastor, as you did, and receives ashes on his or her forehead, they are admitting that they are sinners in desperate need of salvation, They are admitting that they have sinned not only against their neighbors, but against God himself. The ashes demonstrate that without God, all people are spiritually dead. The ashes remind the wearer of their need to repent and confess in order to be turned back to God. The ashes demonstrate our pleading that the Lord would purify us. The ashes serve as a tangible and visible sign of our failure to love God as much as He loves us. The receiving of ashes on Ash Wednesday also remind people of their mortality which is the direct result of God's condemnation of our sin the wages of sin are death and god said to adam you are dust and to dust you shall return genesis 3:19 Ashes serve as a solemn reminder that the price of sin is indeed death. Man cannot escape death. Often people today feel as if they are invincible. It's easy to feel like we're at the top of the world, capable of doing anything that we desire, We keep ourselves busy doing good things, but we fail to recognize that in reality, we are, in fact, dead men walking. And people don't like to think about death. Our culture has seemingly sterilized death. We make every attempt to avoid death. Death is uncomfortable, and that's why ashes are so important, for they are the physical reminder that God created man from the dust of the earth, and one day, all men will return to the dust of the earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And the ashes force us to remember that we are merely mortal and that God alone is sovereign and reigns for all eternity. Ashes also tell us the good news of the gospel. They tell us the good news of the gospel. You see, ashes aren't just smeared randomly or haphazardly across people's foreheads. No. The ashes are given in the shape of the cross. In receiving the ashes, we remember that our Lord Jesus took on the fullness of our humanity. He who was sinless became our sin. Jesus the Christ was crucified on a cross. He was crucified for you. He descended into hell where he endured the fullness of the wrath of God on your behalf. Then Jesus conquered death through his resurrection. He was resurrected for you. And in doing so, he has taken the ashes of our past and created in us new life allowing us to live forever in the holy presence of God. He makes all things new. He has redeemed His children, making us clean and new. Through the cross of Christ, the power of death has been destroyed. Through the cross, there is life. The cross-shaped ashes on our foreheads, proclaim the good news, the good news that sin and death have been conquered through the cross of Christ. Now I want to talk a little bit about our scripture tonight, specifically Matthew 6, verse 16. And when you fast, don't Become sullen like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting may be seen by others. Amen, I say to you, they receive their full reward. So it would be appropriate for me right now to say, Merry Lent! Happy Lent to you! It is Lent. Again, it's time for you to put on your grumpy face, to fold your hands, and give up something to show others how really committed you are to God. To be serious. It's a time to virtue signal that you are on God's team Repent. Repent. Repent of what you think of Lent. Repent of acting serious to God when you are not serious. Repent of trying to be someone else so God will love you. Just stop because he knows who you are. Lent is first and foremost only about Jesus. He's going to the cross to suffer and die for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. He is going to the cross specifically for you. For you, he goes to the cross. If you're a serious person... For you, as he goes to the cross, if you are a happy person, for you, if you are just you, he goes to the cross. Fast from your sins. Give them up. Don't take them up again. Stop doing the evil things that you do. That's what the world tells us. That's maybe what your flesh is telling you. You may be hearing words that, stop doing these things, stop being disobedient, stop hating, stop being immoral, stop lusting, stop coveting, stealing, gossiping, lying. And these are all things that we ought not be doing as children of the living God. But chief and foremost, chief and foremost, repent. Repent right now about making Lent, faith, and Christianity all about you and your repentance. In short, you and I need to repent of you. I need to repent of me. Lent isn't about me. Lent is a fast to prepare you for the celebration of Easter, to prepare you for the one who did your Lent. He did your Lent. It is finished. He did it. He rose from the dead on Easter morning. He rose from the grave to prepare for his bursting out of the tomb with you, the Lord would have you give up all those things which would chain you to the tomb and keep you from raising with him. He would have you break those bonds, that hate, that lust, that covetousness, that immorality, that gossiping, that lying, that stealing. He would have you stop that because that separates you from him. He would say, quit doing your sins. Or, to say it more in a more gospel-y way, it's like this. God repents you of your sins to prepare you for his Easter. This season is not about your self-improvement. It's not about giving up chocolate, or beer, or anything else like that. Although you can do that if you want, but it isn't going to get you favor with God. No, this season, this season is not about self-improvement. If you make Lent only about you and your reward before God will be that feeling that you are super religious, you'll be able to, like the hypocrite, say, oh, I'm fasting. I've abstained from chocolate or whatever for 40 days. Aren't I wonderful? And if that is all it is to you, then the Lord speaks to us from Scripture by saying amen. I say to you, you have received your reward in full. Today the Lord shows you the consequence of making religion, faith, and Lent all about you. When he says, dust you are, and dust you shall return. When he says, your sins separate you from God. When he says, your sins are going to damn you. Right now... Today, I remind you, I proclaim to you, I proclaim Christ and Him crucified. But in these next 40 days, the Lord fixes our eyes on Jesus going through the wilderness of our sin and death to the cross. He's going to die. And we are going to live with him forever. If you are happy, be happy today. If you are grumpy, then be grumpy. And if you are just you, then just be you. Let your Lent, let your Lent be between you and our Father in heaven, between you and God. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you, and he will give you Jesus. Merry Lent, in the name of Jesus. Amen.